All right, guys, in a new year, I hope you are as excited about working with your finances differently this year as I am. There's always room for improvement. So welcome back to another sci-fi episode where psychology and finances collide in a good way. All right, so today we are talking money scripts. Back in December, I provided a virtual class on money scripts. And I also provided the book for free to Redstone Arsenal employees, the book Money Mammoth. And here's the subtitle. It's long, but it's catchy. Harness the power of financial psychology to evolve your money mindset. Avoid extinction and crush your financial goals. I love that because who wants to become extinct? None of us, right? Now, obviously, not physically, but when it comes to our finances, some of us become financially irrelevant over time, financially extinct, where maybe our retirement money doesn't live or last as long as we do. So we need to make sure that we are engaging with our finances in such a way to where we do not outlive our money. I will tell you that if you are a Redstone Arsenal employee and you didn't attend the class, but after hearing this podcast, you want the Money Mammoth book, please feel free to come by. We are in building 3443, and that's the same building as Java Cafe. It's across the street from the one stop. So if you check in at the front desk and let them know that you're looking for the financial book Money Mammoth, then we will be sure to provide you a copy as supplies last. Obviously, we know behavioral health and behavioral economics go hand in hand. We talk a lot about emotional, spiritual, and Mm -hmm. physical well-being in the Army, but we don't always talk about financial well-being. But here's how behavioral health meets behavioral economics, and they are more intertwined than you realize. So some symptoms of emotional and financial dysfunction are living beyond your means, which denotes an identity crisis, overspending, which could lead to or is caused by poor impulse control, overindebtedness, which is a symptom of mood instability. Doesn't mean that mood instability gives you justification to overspend and to become overindebted, and not to say that just because you're over-indebted means you have a mood disorder. It just is indicative of some instability in your mood patterns. Not paying your bills. That is due many times to corrupt or unchallenged belief patterns involving money or even a motivation, maybe depression or things going on in your life that are keeping you from doing the things, the necessary things with your finances. So that's what we call a motivation. You might be in collections or garnishment, which can lead to negative credit report information, which could lead to you standing before your security manager. We don't want any of those things to happen. By the way, this class is available. I'll provide the link to the full class. It ended up, I believe, being about an hour and 20 minutes as we did the Q&A at the end, but know that that's available in this podcast as well. And likely this podcast will be broken up into two parts because we don't want to 
overburden you with too much information at once. So what does financial well-being require of us? So I call it sci-fi or psychological finance well-being. All it requires is this, a little education, a little introspection, a little motivation, and seriously, only a little money. I'm going to say that again. Sci-fi well-being only requires a little money. You don't have to win the lottery to start saving for your future. You don't have to win the lottery to be financially secure. You don't have to win the lottery to be happy. Financial well-being is a state where you go from challenging particular beliefs, which include your money script. We'll talk about what that means in a minute. It involves asking yourself the question, what is my core belief about money and how is that impacting me? Because there are some who know that it only takes a little money to secure your financial future. But for some, they might have this core financial belief that truly I have to make a large amount of money to even think about saving money, but that's not true. So think about it. The millionaires next door started with very little. And like I always state in my classes, and I sound like a broken record, and I'm going to keep saying it until I am removed from my position, people don't have a money problem. People have a spending problem. It's not about how much money you make. It's the plans that you make with your money that you bring in, all right? In the class, I provided an opportunity for you to give yourself your own sci-fi checkup. And you can do that through the FinRed Wellness Quiz, and that link will be provided in this post as well. And then we get into the actual money scripts assessment. And that link will also be provided in this post. So what are money scripts? The way I like to first describe a script, and we use this in mental health therapy as well, your, your schema, your schematic map, how you think about things is a script. Think about a Word document with that blinking cursor in your brain where you've written so much already and you take a peek above at what you've written about what you think about money and what you believe about money. That is your script that you go by when you think about money how you, and which impacts how you feel about money and then therefore impacts how you behave with money. So money scripts are simply learned behaviors, things that you've learned from your parents, from your peers, who knows who else. People have been um, raised by several folks in their lives, whether aunts, uncles, grandparents. So a lot of us aren't just learning this from our parents. We're learning it from several people. And some of it is good information. I love one of my husband's stories that he shared when he was prior enlisted before becoming an officer. He got really good sound advice from a first sergeant regarding a car that he had purchased. So, you know, sometimes even our leadership provide really good sound advice when it comes to money. But it is always good to be a savvy consumer and check on any advice that you're receiving. 
And then we have, you know, money scripts are also unknown to us. We don't usually wake up in the morning like, oh, yeah, my money script is money saint or money vigilance. So today, here's how I'm going to act with money. No, we don't usually have that innate ability just to identify those types of things. That's why talk therapy is very important. And in-person sessions are very important as well. Generational. Money scripts are also generational in that you might be caught up in a generational foothold where you learn something from a family member that was incorrect about money. But it's really hard for you to shake that information because there's a part of you that still believes that that is a financial truth when it may not be at all. Possibly you may have a general foothold example, how you use credit and how you pay your bills, whether you pay them or not, and bankruptcy and those types of things. Some of those are generational footholds, not 100% of them. For those listening, I do understand that some of those things happen because of a divorce or you know other things um, that you just did not prepare for whatsoever. But unfortunately, there are generational footholds and patterns where people believe that bankruptcy is their only way out and may have even planned to file bankruptcy before even racking up the debt. So mental heuristics, we've talked about this before. These are lazy thinking patterns when it comes to money. They are partial truths that get us into trouble with money. And when you think of mental heuristics, that is a huge part of our money script. Because if you scroll up into your own money script portion of your brain and look at what you've written, look at what you've recorded, you'll probably find some partial truths up there. I want you to know that money scripts can limit your choices and money scripts are also tied to financial outcomes. They are often unconscious and inflexible. And they're anchored by these strong emotions that limit, again, our choices. So here's a a quote from the book. It is not uncommon to have money scripts that seem at first glance to contradict each other. Negative beliefs about money and the wealthy, while also believing their lives would be better if they had more money. So an example of a money script is wealthy people are bad. Or only good people have a savings account. Or only bad people are wealthy. Those are not sustainable thoughts because they often will limit us from making those consistent choices that are going to free us financially. So when we're faced with money decisions, our first reaction will come from these automatic thoughts in our subconscious mind. I would challenge you, and I did this in the class, what is your financial worldview? And I had so many wonderful responses in the chat. And a financial worldview is simply like any kind of belief pattern that tends to overarch any other smaller thinking patterns that you have about money. One of the ones I got is money is a tool. That is a financial worldview. 
Another one that I'm trying to conjure up in my brain and try to remember at this time had to do with, ah, here it is, money buys happiness. And so we talked a lot about that particular worldview and how it simply is not true. Happiness is a fleeting emotion. And people without money, people without people that don't have a lot of money, let me put it that way, still have the ability to feel happy and to experience happiness. So money does not buy happiness. And I've seen that at Redstone Arsenal, where we have very high income earners here, but they're not always happy. (laughs) They have their own stressors. They have their own debts. They've created their own financial problems. So no, money does not buy happiness. So you can kind of see where I'm going here. But once we're aware of these money scripts, they can be challenged and changed. And here's another quote from the book. Financial success requires us to be open-minded and not rigidly stuck to a particular way of looking at money or the world. And I got to tell you right now, all the years that I've been a therapist, this is true of any healthy mindset that we cannot be rigid in our thinking. We tend just with human behavior to become overly defensive with a lot of different things, but we have to remain flexible in our thinking. I love the idea of financial empowerment. And I want to challenge all of you as you hear the rest of this part one of part two when it comes to these money scripts. I want you to start thinking of how you can financially empower yourself this year in 2023. I like, and there is no army endorsement here. It's just I I need to provide the reference and, and where I received this information. So USAA Educational Foundation, again, this does not imply army endorsement. USAA Educational Foundation provides certain tips surrounding financial success. And I couldn't help thinking of financial empowerment as I was reading this, because this is truly how people empower themselves financially. Spending less than you earn saving for emergencies, lowering debt, protecting your assets with insurance, and saving and investing for the future. All of those combined can sound daunting and overwhelming to anyone. I get you. But if we take one bite at a time, then it seems more achievable. So for example, the first one is spending less than you earn. My challenge to you this year, any of those things that I've mentioned that you can just take by the reins right now and focus on and start controlling in your life, please do that. I'll mention them again. Spending less than you earn, saving for emergencies, lowering debt, protecting your assets with insurance, and saving and investing for the future. Just pick one and start moving forward. And the great thing about picking one and moving forward is you'll find that, wow, this is doable. This is within my circle of control. I don't have to wait for Congress to move. I don't have to wait for anyone else to move but me. I can do it. It's about becoming financially active. We make time for physical activity. We make time for family activity. We make time. We make a lot of time for Netflix, okay? (laughs) 
imagine where you could be if you spent a portion of Netflix time on financial activity. These money scripts would start to loosen their grip and allow you to be more flexible with your money. So let's start with the first two in this part one of money scripts. Money avoidance. So this is where you would say to yourself, I don't deserve money. Or maybe you say to yourself, money is unimportant. And that's being a money monk. Or you might say money is bad. Or you might also hear yourself if you scroll up in that money script, wealthy people are greedy. Wealthy people are corrupt. So these negative associations with money can sabotage your financial well-being. So this script is usually held by people who might have money that they didn't earn or by people that do not fully accept the money as their own. And it could also be another thing where you just have people who do not enjoy what money can give them because others aren't so fortunate. Or this money script allows someone to excuse and rationalize poor financial planning because they just don't see why the effort is needed. Where is it going to take me? It can lead to ignoring and avoiding what you must do. And creating a spin plan. You may not create that spin plan. You avoid it at all cost. You don't tackle what needs to be tackled. And then maybe you avoid those important financial mail pieces that come in your mailbox or your financial emails. You're not filing your taxes on time or it takes you years to file your taxes and then you have continuous evaluation and then you're standing in front of your security manager because you haven't filed your taxes. Maybe you're avoiding paying bills. So one of the things that I would tell you about this money script specifically is that you're most likely with this money script to enable others. One of the bigger things that I work with here at Redstone Arsenal, and this would be true about any installation, is that so many grandparents are raising their grandkids. So many grandparents or even parents, you don't even have to be a, a grandparent yet, are enabling their children to remain financially dependent upon them. So that enabling behavior doesn't allow other people to grow financially. And so this creates further money avoidance scripts for those children. Again, it becomes a generational foothold. And then also because of this avoidance and all these thoughts that you have about money that go unchallenged that I mentioned before, you are likely to mislead others with that money script. And listen, as I close up part one, I said I would give you the second one, but I I think I need to go in a different direction with part one. Please, as we continue with this money scripts discussion, it's going to feel like your toes are stepped on, but there's no judgment in this. As I do any of these podcasts or any of my classes, you'll find um, that I genuinely affirm and validate that all of us have one time or another had thoughts about money that we needed to challenge or where we needed to become more flexible. I grew up in a household with a money script thinking that you could only be healthy financially if you won the lottery. (laughs) And that's just not a good place to be. So if I can overcome 
that generational foothold, surely you can as well. And it's also not to say that just because you might have one of these money scripts that you can't turn it into something positive. So money avoidance, maybe one of the reasons you avoid it is because you have such a giving heart. Maybe you have a servant's heart where you're like my mom and you'd rather give than receive. You just got to be careful not to give beyond your means. So you can turn it into something that is more flexible, something that does fit your value system, but would remain healthy for you financially. So just to give you a teaser for part two of Money Scripts, we're going to talk about money worship, money status, and money vigilance. And then I'll wrap it all up and package it with a bow to validate Yeah, Olivia, just because I have the information now doesn't mean I'm going to change overnight. And I'm going to validate why that is. But then I'm also going to affirm how those very small steps can lead to the change that you are seeking. Until we get to hear each other again, I hope this information works well with you.